I recently heard a story about a man who decided to reduce the stress of Christmas by not sending Christmas cards. But as he got more and more cards from his friends, he started to feel kind of guilty. So with only three days until Christmas, he went to the store, bought the last box of cards on the shelf, quickly addressed 40 envelopes, went to the post office and mailed them off. Well, when he got home, he realized he actually hadn't looked at what the card said. He was in such a hurry. So he opened up a leftover card and it said, this cheery card is just to say a gift for me is on the way. <laughs> That's a bummer. Forty presents to buy. You know, one of the biggest stresses of Christmas is trying to figure out what kind of gift to give. And my wife and I are terrible at this. We're always forgetting someone or, or someone gives us something like a quilt that their great-grandmother handmade out of 19th century wool and we give them a jar of Costco jam. You know, we're, it is tough to give the right gift. And that's because a great gift has to have a couple of things. For starters, it needs to be personal. Under all our trees tonight are gifts with tags that say to so-and-so, from so-and-so. They're personalized. Now, nobody wants a gift that says to whoever's left over, you know, whoever will take it. We want it to be personal. And that's what makes the gift that God gives us at Christmas so amazing. He gives himself to each one of us personally. Some of you have heard me say this before, that the slogan, Jesus is the reason for the season, is not right. The reason for the season is you. He came for you. The God who made the universe came in Jesus to have a personal relationship with you. Jesus is God made personal. A second quality of a good gift is that it brings joy. A few weeks ago, some people came up to me and said that they were from the Presbyterian Christmas Flair Committee. There's an oxymoron. <laughs> Presbyterian Flair, who are they kidding, right? But, but they gave me this really cool Christmas tie. And if you press it, it plays jingle bells. In fact, at the 6.30 service, I pressed it during the sermon and it was kind of awkward. Now, there is no real point to a gift like this other than that it's fun. I mean, it just makes me happy to wear it. But here's the deal. Jesus wants to make us more than happy. He wants to give us joy. Is there something that's trying to steal your joy this Christmas? Maybe it's a financial problem, a relationship gone bad, health concerns. Jesus wants to give you joy. Not happiness. That's based on what's happening. Jesus wants to give you joy that transcends even the toughest circumstances. You know, one of the most frequent phrases in the Christmas story is, they rejoiced. Mary, the shepherds, the angels, the, the wise men, they all rejoice. Not that everything was great. A teenage mom having a baby in a barn is a pretty tough deal. But they had joy anyway because they experienced God's presence with them. He was right there in that manger with them. He was personal. Plus, they get to have a great adventure. I mean, they get to participate with what God is doing in the world, with his rescue operation to this planet. And that brings joy. I know a very successful businessman who, like a lot of people, began to wonder if there wasn't more to life than just making money so he could buy more things. So he prayed the most dangerous prayer there is, God, use me. Well, shortly after that, he started getting these thoughts in his head that he was pretty sure were from God. And they were nudging him to use his business skills 
to go start businesses in some villages in Africa to create employment. So that's what he did. And as a result, right now, there are a couple of villages in Africa that are coming out of poverty because of him. Well, a while back, he went to one of these villages. And while he was there, there was a little three-year-old girl who was so grateful for what he was doing. She went up to him and she said, I want to sing you a song. So she did. And then this little girl said, I want to pray for you. So this little three-year-old girl crawled up into his lap, covered her eyes, and began praying for him. He got all choked up. He said he almost lost it right there. And then he got another one of those thoughts. He was pretty sure it was from God. And he said, you are my son, and I'm proud of you. He said it was more thrilling than any business deal he'd ever done. The God of the universe spoke to him and took him on an adventure, and that gave him joy. Jesus was personal. Jesus gave him joy. Finally, the last quality of a really good gift is it makes a difference. It has a purpose. You know, we've all done the white elephant thing where we get some gag gift that's pretty much useless except for a laugh. Well, the gift that God gives us at Christmas time is life-changing. It makes a difference. Jesus is God coming to us in human form, which if you think about it, is the only way that we're going to understand God, an infinite God with our finite minds. The only way we're going to understand it is if he comes to us. Otherwise, he'd be incomprehensible to us. The other night, my family was listening to the little drummer boy, and when it got to the line, the ox and lamb kept time, my eight-year-old daughter asked, well, why was the ox laminated? (laughs) The words were completely incomprehensible to her. And that's exactly how an infinite God would be to our finite minds unless he came as a human being so we could relate to him. Jesus is God's hand reaching down to us when we could not reach up to him. But you know what? He does more than just reach to us. The good news of Christmas is that Jesus wants to enter our lives and take the difficult places, the problems, the hardships, the messy places, and transform them into hope and into joy. He was born in a barn, surrounded by manures, as if to say, I can handle a mess. It doesn't freak me out. So give me the messes that are part of your life. I can handle it. God doesn't look at us and, and our mistakes or our sins or our failures or our problems or our hurts. He doesn't look at those things and say, ooh, gross, you're messy. Instead, at great personal cost to himself, he leaves the comforts of heaven to be born poor and cold and miserable, suffer everything that human beings have to suffer, to step into our lives and change the messy places into joy and into hope. Now, that may take some time, sometimes maybe even years, but he always does it every time. I have an acquaintance of mine who lives in Seattle, and he has an adopted daughter who I'll call Heidi. And Heidi was born in Scotland, but her birth mother gave her up for adoption. Well, then her first adoptive parents both died when she was in elementary school. So then she was adopted by my acquaintance and his wife. But then my acquaintance's wife ended up having an affair and left the family in a very public, humiliating kind of way when, when Heidi was in high school. It just tore the family apart. Heidi had a lot of pain for a lot of years. Two families dissolved on her. And it was really easy to start thinking, you know, is God out there at all? And if he is, does he care about me? Well, a couple of years ago, Heidi, who's now an adult, started to pray that she could find her birth mother. Well, a little while while later, she was at a Bible study at a church, and and as a conversation started, the leader asked, "What what are your dream vacations? 
And some people in the group said, oh, Hawaii or, or Europe or stuff like that. But, but this one woman said, I'd like to go to this little town in Scotland. And then she named the town and said, because that's where my husband's from. Well, it happened to be the same town in Scotland that Heidi was born in. I mean, what are the chances of that? So Heidi said, well, I'd like to go to that town too because that's where my birth mother is from. And then Heidi said, do you know anyone else from this town? And the woman just got real quiet, didn't answer. Later that night, Heidi's birth mom called her. Turns out the woman in that Bible study was Heidi's aunt. She was her birth mother's sister-in-law. And it turned out that Heidi's birth mother had moved to the United States and, and then had been living just a couple of blocks away from where Heidi lived. Heidi had been walking by her house for years. So she and her birth mother began a relationship and, and then years of pain and wounds began to heal. Not all at once, but slowly over time. Now, I suppose you could say that's all coincidence, but it's one whale of a coincidence, right? And actually, I just think coincidence is when God chooses to remain anonymous. Heidi had a hard life for years. She did not get a quick fix. But over time, Jesus gave her a gift. And that gift was very personal. Heidi knew that God was a part of her life after that. And that gift gave her joy. And it made a difference, a big difference. Jesus began to heal all the pain in her life. Plus, what an adventure. I mean, she will be telling that story for the rest of her life. Right? I mean, her grandkids will get sick of hearing that story. She's going to tell it so often. So where are you this Christmas? Maybe Jesus doesn't feel very real or very personal to you. If that's the case, I would invite you to make him personal. Maybe just start to pray, Lord Jesus, if you're there, make yourself real to me. Or maybe you do know Jesus, but something's trying to steal your joy or there's some problem that you're having in your life. I would just encourage you to pray over and over again, Lord Jesus, come into the messy parts of my life just like you stepped into that messy barn 2,000 years ago and clean them up and change my life and give me your joy. And trust that over time he will because he always does. You know, throughout world religions, there are a lot of examples of people who have sacrificed or even been sacrificed to appease some God. But there is only one God who sacrificed himself for us, willing to leave the comforts of heaven to die on a cross to show us his love. He did that for you. He did that for me. That is some crazy kind of love. And no other God does that. Only Jesus. And it is a great gift. But you know what? Like all great gifts, it doesn't mean a thing unless you open it. So this Christmas, will you let him in? Will you let him into the deepest parts of your life so you can know his joy? Lord Jesus, thank you for this gift. And in the words of the Christmas carol, we ask that you would enter into our lives. Lord, cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. And we'll be grateful people. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.